Ducky's Detective Agency contains content that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is highly recommended. Hello, and welcome back to Ducky's Detective Agency. This week, I had planned on jumping right into the case that originally sparked my interest in the entire true crime genre, as well as ciphers and code-breaking and broken minds and twisted psyches. If you haven't guessed yet, I'm referring to the Zodiac Killer. I have not yet finished gathering the material that I wanted on the Zodiac just yet, so bear with me. It will come but not until I can give those victims the proper dedication that they deserve. However, in the process of my research on the Zodiac, I found a Wikipedia listing under the Zodiac's suspected crimes that I had not heard of, and I was instantly intrigued. I'm speaking here of the Santa Rosa Hitchhiker Murders. This was the name given to a series of unsolved crimes involving the deaths of female hitchhikers in Sonoma County and Santa Rosa in the area of North Bay, California. This series of murders occurred between 1972 and 1973. There were seven confirmed victims of this spree and several more potential victims that are still hotly debated. There are multiple unidentified victims as well. The bodies of these women were all found nude and on steep embankments or in creek beds near major roadways. The victims. The first known victims were two 12-year-old middle school students. These two girls attended Herbert Slater Middle School together and they disappeared at approximately 9 p.m. on February 4, 1972. These two innocent young children were hitchhiking home after a visit to the Redwood Empire Ice Arena. Maureen Sterling and Yvonne Weber were last seen on the side of Breneville Road to the northwest of Santa Rosa. The bodies of these two young girls were found three days after Christmas On December 28th, 2.2 miles north of Porter Creek Road, about 66 feet down a steep embankment on the east side of Franz Valley Road. The girls' remains had decomposed to the point of being almost entirely skeletal, and the cause of death remains unknown. Three items were found with the bodies, some orange beads, a single earring, and a 14-karat gold cross necklace. The next victim attributed to this killer was Kim Wendy Allen. Kim was a 19-year-old art student at the local junior college. She was last seen around 5.20 p.m. on March 4, 1972. The last reported sighting came from two men who gave her a ride from her job at a natural food store to San Rafael. She was hitchhiking near the Bell Avenue on-ramp to northbound Highway 101. In her hands was a large soy barrel with Chinese characters painted on the outside in bright red. The next day, her body was found in a creek bed 
20 feet down the embankment of Enterprise Road in Santa Rosa. She was found with evidence of having been bound at the wrists and ankles with clear signs of having been raped. Her cause of death was determined to have been a very slow, torturous strangling. It was estimated that she suffered for 30 minutes or more. A single gold earring and semen were recovered along with the body. There were indications at the top of the embankment that indicated the assailant may have slipped or fell. The two men who had given Kim the ride to San Rafael were eventually ruled out as suspects. On the 11th of November, 1972, another middle school student was reported missing. 13-year-old Lorelei Kuza vanished from a U-safe where she was shopping with her mother. She was last seen on November 20th or 21st in Santa Rosa. Lori had run away intentionally and was visiting with friends in Santa Rosa. She had hitchhiked as a means of transportation in the past, and on December 14th, her frozen body was found nearly 50 feet off Calistoga Road in a ravine northeast of Rincon Valley. Her body appeared to have been thrown about 30 feet over the embankment. Lori had not been raped and had died approximately one week before she was found. Her cause of death was ruled as compression and hemorrhage of the spinal cord due to a broken neck. A possible witness came forward to say that she had seen two men push a young girl who matched Lori's description into a van. This occurred on Parkhurst Drive sometime between the 3rd and the 9th of December. On February 6, 1973, a 14-year-old girl named Carolyn Davis ran away from her home in Anderson, California, in Shasta County. She was officially considered missing until July 15th. Her grandmother reported dropping Carolyn off at the post office in Garberville. The last reporting of sighting of Carolyn occurred on that same afternoon near the southbound 101 ramp in Garberville. She was found on July 31st, within just a few feet of the location of the remains of Maureen and Yvonne. It was not possible to determine if she had been raped. Her cause of death was ruled as strychnine poisoning and is believed to have taken place up to two weeks prior to her discovery. It is thought that she was thrown from the edge of the roadway. 23-year-old Teresa Walsh decided to hitchhike from her home in the Zuma Beach neighborhood of Malibu, California, headed to Garberville to spend Christmas with her family. She was last seen on December 22, 1973. Six days later, her body was found by kayakers in Mark West Creek. Teresa had been bound and raped and strangled in a similar manner to that used on Kim Allen. She was believed to have been dead about seven days. Due to recent heavy rains and marks that were found on the body, authorities are uncertain where she entered the water and how far she had floated down the creek. The last of the victims that is considered canon is a set of skeletal remains that were discovered in a ravine about 300 feet from where Lori Likuza had been found. 
The local investigators believed they knew the identity of the body until Denter records disproved their theory. The victim had been hogtied in a manner similar to the others. She is still unidentified and is thought to have been between 16 and 21 years old, around 5 feet tall, with red or auburn hair, and she wore contact lenses. There exists a list of potential victims that may have been murdered by the same perpetrator, but no concrete connection has been made. In 1975, the FBI released a report that details a total of 14 unsolved homicides believed to have been committed by the same perpetrator. This report included the six victims we've already discussed, as well as the list that I'm going to read to you now. I'm going to read this list directly from the Wikipedia page, as it is the most concise and clearest version I found. No need to reinvent the wheel. The rest of the victims listed were Rosa Vazquez, 20 years old, last seen on May 26th. She was found on May 29th, 1973, near the Arguella Boulevard entrance at Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. She had been strangled, and her body had been thrown several feet off the roadway into some shrubs. Vasquez had been a key punch operator at Lettleman General Hospital on the Presidio. Yvonne Quillentang, 15, was found strangled in a vacant Bayview District lot on June 10, 1973. She was seven months pregnant. Angela Thomas, who was 16 years old, was found July 2nd, 1973, smothered on the playground of Benjamin Franklin Jr. High School in Daly City. She had last been seen the previous evening at the Presidio of San Francisco. A locket was recovered near her body. Nancy Patricia Gidley, a 24-year-old radiographer, was last seen at Roadway Inn Motel, on July 12, 1973, she was found strangled behind the George Washington High School gymnasium three days later. She was found naked except for a single fish-shaped gold earring and was determined to have died within the previous 24 hours. Gidley had served four years in the Air Force and had told friends and family in Mountain Home, Idaho that she intended to become a freelance writer for the San Francisco Chronicle and was going to San Francisco to be the maid of honor at the wedding of a friend from Hamilton Air Force Base. All of this proved to be false. Nancy Fusey, who was 22 years old, disappeared after going dancing in a club in the Sacramento area. Her remains were found on July 22, 1973, in Redding. She had been stabbed to death. In 2011, one of Fusey's five children, Angela Darlene Fusey McAnulty, was convicted of torturing, beating, and starving to death her 15-year-old daughter, Jeanette Marie Maples. McAnulty became the second woman ever sentenced to die in Oregon, and the first since the 1984 reinstatement of the death penalty. Laura A. O'Dell went missing on November 4th, 1973, and was found three days later in bushes 
behind the boathouse at Stowe Lake in Garden Golden Gate Park. Odell's hands were tied behind her back, and the cause of death appeared to be from head injuries or strangulation. Brenda K. Merchant was 19. She was found stabbed to death at her home in February 1st, 1974 in Marysville. Donna M. Braun, who was 14, was strangled and found on September 29, 1974 in the Salinas River near Monterey. The named possible suspects in this crime spree may surprise you. Some of these names you've likely heard. Some of them you may not be familiar with. The first being the Hillside Stranglers of Los Angeles, Kenneth Bianchi and Angelo Buono Jr. These two had their own voracious crime spree, strangling young women traveling around. There is a very in-depth, well-done case study of them on the last podcast on the left, and I will try to include that link in my show notes. Ted Bundy was also suspected of possibly having committed these crimes. He had been known to have been in a nearby county, Marin County to be precise, but credit records later seemed to to point to him being in Washington at the time of this crime spree. Frederick Manali is a name you may not know, and he was considered after he was killed in an automobile accident on Highway 12. In the course of the investigation into the accident, drawings were found that he had created, which portrayed gruesome, sadomasochistic treatment of a former student, a name we covered earlier, Kim Wendy Allen. Arthur Lee Allen was the owner of a Vallejo mobile home when the murders occurred. He was a full-time Sonoma University student and an ex-elementary school teacher. He had been fired from the elementary school due to suspicion that he had molested students. He was arrested for similar charges in September of 1974 and pled guilty the following March. There is a claim in the book, Zodiac Unmasked, by Robert Graysmith, I'll try to find a link for that as well for the show notes, that a local police representative claimed to have found squirrel hairs on the victim that matched a species of squirrel Allen was known to have studied. Allen was also a suspect in the Zodiac murders from 1971 until 2002. 2002, DNA and fingerprint evidence were used to prove that he was not a match. He passed away 10 years before this was concluded. Last but not least, what brought us to this case to begin with, the Zodiac Killer. He's still unknown, we still don't know who he was, and there were similarities cited between the Chinese symbols on the soy barrel that was carried and has never been found, and the symbol that he used on his letters to the San Francisco Chronicle. At one point in his letters, he claims that there were 37 victims, most of which were not officially 
concluded to be his by the police. The number that they actually came up with is much, much smaller. But on a letter received on November 9th, 1969 by the Chronicle, he stated, and I quote, I shall no longer announce to anyone. When I commit my murders, they shall look like routine robberies, killing of anger, and a few fake accidents, etc. So that end of the investigation is still open. Currently, these cases represent a small portion of the 54 unsolved homicides in Sonoma County between 1970 and 2006. In 2011, DNA was moved from cold storage from these cases and submitted to CODIS, the Combined DNA Index System. In 2018, the DNA was again brought out for testing in the hopes that they might be able to identify the killer the same way the Golden State Killer was identified. Hopefully. We're still waiting for the trial to come through on that. That should be an interesting case as well. I will eventually cover that one too. Unsolved homicides and unsolved rapes and unsolved crimes in general are part of what inspired me to go into the field of study I'm in. I'm currently studying forensic sciences because maybe someday with a few more hands in the pot, we can help prevent some of these senseless crimes from occurring. Maybe we can help save another life if we can catch the bad guys faster. Thank you for joining us again for Ducky's Detective Agency. I'll try to be back in about two weeks. Until then, stay safe, stay kind, and keep an eye out for each other.